0: you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Nika. Hi, Bola. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing amazingly
1: well. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: I am so excited to talk to you. First of all, congratulations on your incredible feat of paying off over $200,000 in debt. Um, (laughs) That's crazy, incredible. Congrats. And that's what we're going to be talking about, how you pursued getting to this point of living a life debt-free. You just recently paid off this debt about a month ago. So you're like... Fresh off of that journey, lots of lessons to learn, to teach us. So tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Sure thing. So I am Nika. I am a newly debt-free debt expert, personal finance content creator, and the founder of Debt-Free Gonna Be. Debt-Free Gonna Be really started as this Instagram page that I was using to document my debt payoff journey, tackling six figures of debt and for some extra accountability. And it evolved, almost it seemed like it evolved rather quickly into this resource, this community of like-minded people people who had a common interest of tackling debt or taking control of their money and they were just kind of sick of not really making progress and i've got over across all of my social media platforms including you know my email community there's over a hundred thousand people tackling debt <laughs> trying to save money and make progress out here in the world
0: i love that and you know debt is a real thing right Most people are coming out of college with student loan debt, credit card debt, coming out of the pandemic, just living life debt. (laughs) There's a lot of people trying to and really serious about wanting to get rid of their debt. And I love the name of your business, Debt Free Gonna Be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So you had over $200,000 of debt. When did you decide that, you know what, I need to pay this off. I'm ready to become debt free. What was that aha moment for you?
1: Yeah. So there were a number of things and I'll also just clarify and and I'll talk more about it, of course, just to clarify, I didn't know I had $211,000 in debt when I first started. When I started, it was like the fall of 2018. And at the time I had on record, like that I knew of, about 189000 That was about 50000 in credit card debt, maybe about $5,000 left on my car loan. I, I did horribly at like documenting the very early beginnings of my debt payoff journey. And then the rest was 133000 or one hundred thirty. Yeah, about 133000 was student loan debt. It wasn't until, and let me, an- the, to answer your question, it was both Working in public service and being enrolled in the public service loan forgiveness, and that program just wasn't giving what it's supposed to give. It was not approving the people who dedicated their careers in public service and actually qualified for the public service loan forgiveness, and they were being denied. So that was one thing that served as a catalyst for me getting serious about tackling my debt. And the other was actually how long I would need to continue to work in public service
0: To get that. Exactly.
1: And then get to that point and not even know if I would be approved, right? Because Mm -hmm. it seemed like people did the right thing. They checked all the boxes, they filled out all the forms, and they remained in public service and made payments along the way. And they were being denied. That to me, it was just too much of a gamble on my life. And so I said, okay, well, since I can't, since this isn't guaranteed and I can't rest on my laurels with this, let me just start actively tackling my debt. And I had started and stopped a number of times before then and never Mm -hmm. really getting anywhere. But I said, listen, if you keep saying you want to be out of debt, you want to have these options, you keep saying you'll have when you're no longer in debt, you've got to get serious about it. 2018, I'm with $189,000 in debt. I start my debt payoff journey in September, and then I'm furloughed.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) And that furlough lasted 35 days. And during wow. that 35 mm-hmm. days, I worked full time, sometimes more to mm-hmm. account for the reduction in work in other areas in my agency. And I received partial pay. And after that furlough ended and we received retroactive pay, I said, yep, that's confirmation. Never again. Between PSLF and the program not working the way it's supposed to and literally the president and Congress having control over whether I get paid, how much it is when I get paid. I can't do this. This is no way to live and a fire was lit. And actually, Uh when I started my debt payoff journey, I hadn't even started that Instagram account yet. It was after the furlough that I started that Instagram account debt-free going to be, because I said, you know what? There's no turning back. You have to, you you know, (laughs) full steam ahead. No one holds you accountable and has opinions than the public when you decide to put your business out there. So let's just do it. And so how I ended up at $211,000 is because I had outstanding tax returns that I did not file for two years. I had under withheld trying to have extra I'm using air quotations extra (laughs) money on my paycheck and it wasn't my money and And it
0: came for you right later
1: It (laughs) absolutely did and it came for me in the form of penalty and interest that both the DC government and the IRS said we don't care that you made a mistake we want our money that bill I remember it like it was yesterday it was $21,946.35
0: Oh, wow. That must have been a shocker to get that in the mail. Like that extra cash. You thought you were keeping your paycheck. They're like, Mm-mm. "No, listen, send us our money now.
1: Well, I almost quit. I almost quit by that time. When, once I started receiving those bills and <laughs> pulling up my little calculator, and adding, adding it up, I had already paid off about $16,000, including mm-hmm. my car. So I'm like, okay, I'm finally making, making progress. progress. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, oh, Here's the universe again reminding me. No, <laughs> life is no, going girl. to life. And, and, and also, but I knew that I had to face that, right? So I actually hired a professional to help me get up to date on my tax returns. And I knew I was going to oh, I just didn't expect it to be that much once they added penalty and interest. So yeah, it almost knocked me on my butt. I almost quit. I definitely thought this was the universe giving me yet another sign. This is it for you, this life that you keep saying you want. It's not for you to be in debt like everybody else because majority of people are. And so that's really in a nutshell when I began and the things that started to happen that made me say, okay, no, enough is enough. I'm tired of owing people every time I get paid. I want more of my money and I'm gonna do this. Come as they say, hella high water. You know, I just knew I was determined to make a change, live a little differently, and and get this debt taken care of. Mm -hmm.
0: So a couple of big realizations, one that the potential loan forgiveness working in public service was not guaranteed. I've heard the percentages are really, really low. I Someone mentioned to me that it's something like well below 5% of people actually achieve that loan forgiveness. Data. Oh, yeah,
1: it was between one and 2%. Um,
0: and
1: yeah, that was in town. Insane. It is insane. And that was until, and I think I need to also mention this, that I didn't pay off my student loans. So that last chunk of the Mm 211,000, my student loans were forgiven. Okay. Okay. Now back to what you were saying about the program and its poor approval rating, that was until the Biden administration came in and offered a waiver. And that waiver Mm -hmm for the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. It lasted a year. It it expired just this past October. But that waiver allowed people to get retroactive credit for payments that were late, basically payments that fell outside of the normal criteria for being a qualifying payment for the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. And through that waiver, millions of people who had either been denied or were very close to achieving Public Service Loan Forgiveness, the the payment Mm -hmm. requirement for that, achieved public service loan forgiveness, including myself. So it was in December of this past year that I logged into my loan account and <laughs> saw zero. zero. Uh, somebody almost had to pick me up off the floor.
0: How much did you get
1: forgiven? $133,375.
0: Oh my God. That is life-changing. It is. That is life-changing. That is life-changing, but you still had, and I'm have. running my calculator here, Mm -hmm. you still had to pay off $81,000 and you were of that mindset that you were going to pay off the 211, right? Because you
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Before that waiver was announced in October of 2021, I was in the middle of paying off my last credit card. I paid off my last credit card in December of 2021. And so the next goal was, okay, you're going to be tackling your student loans. I had a plan. I had nine student loans total. I was going to start tackling the ones with the smallest balances just because six-figure student loan debt is a huge mountain. And this is kind of the way that I uh, attacked my debt overall. I broke it down into smaller more manageable chunks, because if not, I would get overwhelmed. I would feel like I'm never going to get through this. And so I was already, once that last credit card was paid in December, 2021, January, 2022, I knew I was going to start tackling my student loans, but I started to do more research and I guess I became, you know, an expert in this, with this PSLF waiver. I knew so Mm -hmm. much about it and I was constantly digesting information about it on a daily basis. And i started making calculations and put two and two together. And I said, wait a second. If you never make another student loan payment, these will be gone within two years in less time than if you decided to just start tackling it the way you were tackling all your other debt. And so I said, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's just pay attention to what's happening. Get your paperwork in order, recertify your employment. I had stopped because again, the program wasn't approving people. And instead I started just saving my money putting more into my retirement, putting more into my brokerage account and investing within that. And actually it took less than two years. Almost a year after applying to that waiver, my loans are gone.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to switch up the questions a little bit just to given that, you know, you have all this experience understanding how that forgiveness program works, how the waiver works, and you still had to pay off $81,000, right? One thing I just wanted to mention for people who are listening, who are not familiar with what you said about furlough, that's basically when an employee is forced, for lack of better words, to take either unpaid leave or reduced pay or reduced hours, and that's what you had to experience for 35 days. At the end of the day, you didn't want to walk away and lose your job, right? You Absolutely still need some sort of income. Yes. So for those of yes. you who are wondering what she meant by that. So yes. let's talk about your mindset and then we'll get into like the questions around the debt you paid and the debt you were forgiven. How did you just, you look at your first balance, you have this 189,000 or so, mm-hmm. then you get hit with a 20 something thousand tax <laughs> bill from the IRS because you were trying to whatever. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> How did you manage your mindset to say, you know what, I know I have a long road ahead of me. At this point, we are not in December, 2020. We're still in 2018. You don't know you're getting anything forgiven. Yeah. This is your entire debt. Yeah. How did you navigate your mindset to keep going from 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, <laughs> 2022, to just yeah. stay on top of? paying down that 81K with the intention of continuing to pay off the 130K if you did not get your loans forgiven?
1: You know, sometimes I still don't know, Bola, to be hon- <laughs> to be completely honest with you, because the more I talk about this and the more people I talk to about it, everyone agrees they would have quit. Everyone agrees. <laughs> they would have just said, forget it. I think a lot of it was who was watching me? Mm-hmm. To be honest you with put you. put it out there, right? Yeah. I did. I put it out there. Put your people... business in the street. Absolutely. Like, hey, Absolutely. did you tell us that? Right. It did not feel okay going back on what I said I would do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was a resource by that time. Like people were paying attention. That's a lot of debt. Let's see if this girl really can do it, right? What also kind of kept me in it is I knew what it was like if I didn't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't get anywhere. I would pay off a credit card balance over here but end up racking it up over there because even still when I in the very beginning of my journey I wasn't budgeting the way I was supposed to be budgeting either. Mm-hmm. At one point I wasn't on a budget at all. I was just listing my bills out like okay, I'll just send a little extra right that I that meant I wasn't accounting for real expenses. Like expenses are not just bills. And then there was another time that I was trying to apply some widely followed advice just cutting out all the fun stuff, being really strict about it that didn't work.
0: Personally, I would say that that is not sustainable long-term. I know short term, you can put your head down. You can save and and be frugal. I've done that. You can put your head down. You can not do anything and just pay debt, but you're going to get to a point, especially when it's a long journey. This cannot be all I have to. So anyway, continue.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. No, you're right. And I'm on this journey by myself. I'm a single woman. I don't Mm -hmm. split bills with anyone. I don't have family to fall back on. Everything is me on you. Right. And I knew that if I was going to do it, I had to do it my way. I had to do it my pace, doing my best not to compare myself with how fast that seems to be the thing in this community where it's like, oh, I paid six figure debt off in six months. Okay. Good for you. But that sounds like heartache and stress and and all that stuff to me. And so, yeah, I think it was really just, I knew eyes were on me and it wasn't the many eyes that are on me now, but as my page continued to grow and more and more people started to come along on the journey and by them coming along on my journey, honestly, I was becoming a part of theirs. So it was more than just, yeah, yeah. And, and, or they were telling me, oh, this tip you shared or this thing you did in your own personal journey, it actually helped me in mine. I was so transparent on that page. It was definitely the eyes, but also it's just the, you don't know what's going to happen if you don't quit. You know what's going to happen if you do quit. So Mm -hmm. buckle down. And I'm an advocate for therapy. I've been in therapy. I also spoke to my therapist, especially when the tax debt hit. Going through Mm -hmm. like all the emotions of defeat and failure and saying, what happens if you stop? What happens if you don't? You know, there was kind of like that internal conflict taking place. But yeah, just knowing what would happen if I, if I did quit and having so many people waiting for me to say what I'm going to do next really helped push me forward. But also what helped is just understanding that life isn't linear. Like Things are going to happen. You know, I didn't have to be on the debt payoff journey to know that things aren't always going to go my way. As soon as I think I'm on track and I'm doing the right thing, something's going to come up. And you weather that, Mm -hmm. you're still standing. So you've got data, you know, you've got historical data that shows you can do hard stuff. And so I just said, all right, well, we're just going to treat this like it's another debt. Go ahead and reorder your debt payoff plan, you know, reorder this list and put that text debt in there and just keep on going. And that's what I did. And looking back at it and just remembering, you know, I didn't realize what I was doing when I was doing it. It's after you get through it right? That you realize, whoa, that was major. And not a lot of people would
0: have been able to do it that way. I love that approach of wide accountability, right? You put it mm-hmm. out there, you knew you wanted to do it, but by putting it out there, you have to hold yourself to it because now there are people who were waiting to hear your updates and were also sharing how they were doing with you. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned just, you know, the support, family, therapy, where you needed it. And just having, just being able to speak about, wow, I just had a major setback. I thought I was making progress. Now I got the setback. How do I navigate through So And just getting that support you need. I think yeah. those are really important because a lot of times we all have the intention to do great things. But sometimes our intention is not enough because we get in our own way and because life throws different things at us. And we're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can't, maybe I'm not able to, but then just having that accountability and having that support can make all the difference with helping you pick yourself back up. And I wanted to mention, you did say that sometimes you see people's stories, so-and-so paid off X amount in six months and one year, and it it can be like (laughs) demotivating. And we do share a, a lot of stories like that, especially on yeah, the podcast, yeah. we have women who come on and share their stories, you know, like, for example, you've just talked about having loan forgiveness. And the reason for sharing that is certainly not to demotivate you if you're sure. listening, sure, it sure. is to motivate you. It's for, it's for you to get the perspective of somebody else's experience sure, and realize it. that you're not alone. And just like you said, Nika, life is not linear. So we're not all going to have the same experiences, but there's so many lessons to be learned in hearing about somebody else's experience, right? And we're not sharing clickbait titles. Every guest who has been on here has had like real value to share. So including you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I used to get this pushback a long time ago when I first shared my own saving story. And I would say, listen, you take what is relevant to you from the experience. You listen to somebody else's experience and then you package it and make it absolutely for you, right? Absolutely. that's the way you want to think about it. So I wanted to now get into, I guess I have a multiple question here. So Uh while you were paying off that $81,000 of debt, what are some of the practical budgeting, planning tips that helped you make the progress to pay off that debt over those four or five years? And then as you were paying off that debt, what are some insights that you would share with someone who is hoping to also achieve that loan forgiveness? So it's kind of multifold.
1: Sure. Some of the things I did to help me tackle my debt, I'm probably going to sound like a broken record because I know there are some people who are waiting to hear like this magic secret formula. And honestly, there isn't one being on a budget, like a real one. And that that is not something that I, a real one, one, right? Not a list of bills is what I call it. A, A lot of people think just listing out, you know, your bills and their due dates and the amount that's due is budgeting. And it's not, you know, your budget. It's got to be realistic. It's got to account for where you live, what you do, what your goals are. And it can't be strict because it just never works. And so because I had cut out a lot of the things that I like, I enjoy, I'm a foodie at heart. I love eating out. I live in Washington, DC. Every type of food I want to eat is literally at my disposal. And I could not imagine not being able to Enjoy eating out with friends. Mm -hmm. I'm also a huge baseball fan of the 2019 World Series champions, the Washington Nationals. Just (laughs) that.
0: I don't know what that is, but okay.
1: (laughs) I enjoyed going to the games. That's actually a bit of self care for me. And people define self care differently. And self care doesn't always mean that you have to spend money. But I found peace at the ballpark, whether I went there with people. I know or not. And it was really just this place that I just sought refuge. And so I said, all right, if you're going to get serious about tackling your debt, you know, you can't cut everything out. What can you do? Mm -hmm. And so I just cut back. I put boundaries around the things that I, that I was doing. So would I still take trips, yes, but I learned about sinking funds, you know, which are basically just accounts or funds for planned spending, right? And if it wasn't in those accounts, I just didn't do it. I set one up for my baseball tickets as well. So, beforehand, anytime I wanted, you know, the wind would blow and I'd be like, "Oh, let's go to the ballpark." You know, I'd swipe a credit card to get tickets, but this time I actually started setting aside money every time I got paid. And it I think at the time it was something as little as like $20. Every time I got paid. So when I wanted to go to the ballpark, I would look into that account, see what I had as far as money for tickets. If it wasn't there, I didn't go. But when it was, I went. So I think that
0: by and I I love that approach of just giving yourself those that Mm -hmm. small, Mm -hmm. you know, the $20 and just piling it up in a little place so that when you get the urge to do something that truly brings you joy you're not restricting yourself and you're not feeling guilty because you set this aside with that intention.
1: Exactly. Trigger warning. I've struggled with my weight as well. Again, I'm a foodie and I'm also an emotional eater. And so the idea of being so strict with my finances, as I'm tackling debt, again, as a single person with no real safety net, I just correlated to some of the fad diets, the restrictive eating I had tried, and I just knew it didn't work. I knew that one life is short. So it's kind of like YOLO, but YOLO with boundaries. <laughs> like like YOLO with boundaries. in plan. plan. <laughs> exactly. And so I honestly do believe that that also helped keep me going. It made my debt payoff journey, even with the bumps that it came with it kept it sustainable because I'm still feeding myself. I'm still feeding the things that bring me joy. I was still saving money. I was still contributing to retirement. I was still Mm -hmm. investing. It may not have been, you know, when you look at it, you know, if I was sending a $800 debt payment, extra debt payment, was I saving 800? Probably not. I was still prioritizing paying off debt, but I was still I was still doing something for my future self, right? When it came to like saving and things like that. And I was doing something for my present self, both getting out of debt, but also setting aside money to go to happy hour, wherever, you know, or to help my mom if she needed it. So having a budget helps you do that. I say this all the time when you first get on a real budget and it's, it's never perfect. I still adjust my budget to this day, but I go through a whole routine before payday where I'm finalizing, you know, things that need to be taken care of all before I get the money. So when you first start on your real budget, it almost feels like you gave yourself a raise. It's like, where did this money come from? Did I forget to pay a bill? Oh, you know, this is budgeting is me actually taking control of my money and telling my money where to go, right? Instead of kind of just haphazardly spending money here, paying bills there, and then you realize you don't have enough for the things you absolutely need your money for. Budgeting gives you permission to spend. And once I figured that out, it was just, again, full steam ahead. It was just, I didn't have to wonder if I was going to have enough money to cover the things that mattered to me, even though I was sending, you know, hundreds of extra dollars to debt every time I got paid.
0: Mm-hmm
1: so a budget hands down is the number one thing yeah. that i used and continue to use even post debt payoff that helped me keep my finances
0: in order yeah budgeting is is so it's just, it's you telling your money what to do it's you just saying hey yeah. this is what you're going to do while i work on these goals i need you to do this that's basically what your budget is Yeah. And then as you are doing this, obviously you are learning about the loan forgiveness aspect of things. Right. I feel like in that space, there's a lot of stuff that people just don't know. Right. You know, that you may be in a position to qualify for loan forgiveness. Like Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you are looking out for that you are aware of that you're like, oh, wow, good thing. I know this because I just want to make sure that anyone who's listening to this, who's like, wow, I wonder, I think I'm in that space where I work in a field where I know I can get this Loan forgiveness, but isn't mm-hmm. how do I make sure, based on your own experience, that i can I can make this possible a reality, mm-hmm. given that the rates are so low or were so low?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So first and foremost, you've got to know the type of loans you have. and that was kind of easy for me. Like I knew I had federal loans For this particular program that I'm referring to, where I receive forgiveness, you have to have. Federal student loans. Uh, Sometimes they're called direct loans. And then the next step, and you can find that out at studentaid.gov. If you have federal loans, you will be able to create login information. And when you do that, you'll be able to see basically a history of any federal loan that you've ever received. And so that's the first thing. Unfortunately, there's not much in line of forgiveness for private loans. And these are loans that are held by other lenders that are not affiliated with the federal government. Right. Or some can also some lenders can also be colleges and universities. So that's important. That's important, important distinction to make. And then the next thing is to determine whether or not your employer is considered not-for-profit or has that designation from the IRS. And that's important because a lot of people get confused where they'll say, oh, I'm a doctor or I'm a nurse and I'm in public service. Well, Mm -hmm. yes, you are in public service, but you may be employed by a private private Right. Yes. A private institution or a private medical facility, which would mean you're not eligible for the public service loan forgiveness program, unfortunately. Right. And shout out to all my health care providers that are working for the people every day. But that's important. So and if you're not certain. What you can do is if you've determined you have federal loans and you've logged into studentaid.gov, you can see all of your loans there. What you can do is you can start the process of applying to public service loan forgiveness. It's two parts, though. You're not necessarily applying for the forgiveness first, you're actually just applying for the program, like to see if your employer is eligible for the program. And you can do that at studentaid.gov. They have a PSLF help tool which you can utilize to start to determine whether your employer is actually eligible. And don't fret, because even if you don't see your employer in in the system, which the system has, the database has gotten really broad, like they're doing a good job at adding more employers each day. But just because your employer may not auto-populate, as you're using the tool doesn't mean they don't qualify. It just means that there's like a process to determining eligibility and and that the Department of Education has to kind of do some research. And then once you've determined, once you've done that, it's pretty much a long waiting period unfortunately with all the the things that have taken place with that waiver and then the changes that are coming to, to the program as well as student loans overall but you can once you get your answer once you know getting in touch with hr to determine if your employer is considered a not for profit is also helpful in addition to looking through the PSLF help tool. And then once you know, and let's say your employer does qualify, you can just continue filling out that application and get those signatures right then and there on that website. And, and that, that'll be the start. And then you'll get documentation on like where you stand, if you do have qualifying payments, how many you have and how much more you need in order to qualify for the forgiveness under the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program.
0: That's all really great information to know. Tell us the website again. It is student Aid.
1: Studentaid.gov.
0: Okay. I will also put that in the show notes for anyone who's interested in just going to just leverage it as a resource to learn Absolutely. more about your loans, what you need to qualify for your type of loan, and etc. And also looking up the details of your loan. So thank you so much for sharing that, Nika. So Another question I have for you is, I mean, you, you've you only been debt-free for a month now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no pressure to answer <laughs> this. But just in terms of the last 30 days, 31 days of your life, right? Yeah. How would you say that your quality of life has improved? Did you imagine that this was going to be worth it in the way that it is for you now? Do you have any regrets about the pursuit of this goal, which the ordinary answer is no, but just where there are some things you have to sacrifice. You're like, Oh, you know what? I'm not sure, but I just want to know just how do you feel now?
1: (laughs) So, yeah. So if you would ask me that probably like two or three weeks ago, I would honestly say, you know what? Forget this. I've said this in in this interview already that life is not linear and it's not. And I think there is a miss conception that when you are out of debt, your financial challenges disappear. Life is perfect. And and they (laughs) do not. And so, you know, I was kind of hit with, I was kind of hit with a bill. It wasn't really a bill. It was my mom needed some financial help. And I found it frustrating at first (laughs) because it's like, oh my gosh, I just went through hell trying to tackle debt, filling out all the paperwork for this public service loan forgiveness program. Now I have an opportunity to actually breathe I can save for my debt payoff trip, which is supposed to be Greece that I'm not going on yet. I can beef up my retirement. I can get some things done in the house, things that I had put off while tackling debt, not from a, I'm sacrificing like, and I'm miserable kind of standpoint, but just larger purchases or larger expenses that I had put off so that I could get out of debt. And it's like, oh, and now here's this thing. And now it's more money. I just want all of my money to myself. Like, that's kind of how it felt. So to be honest with you, I was in the middle of like celebrating and being emotionally overwhelmed with those feelings of like relief. I can finally breathe. But then it's this thing like right there in the corner waiting for me to start catching that breath and be like, "Uh, uh, uh." (laughs) I got you. Here's something else you're going to have to pay for. And so at first there were mixed emotions. I even also, and I don't think I've ever admitted this anywhere else, but I also went through who am I if I'm not tackling debt, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what people knew about me. I'm your new debt slaying bestie, but I'm not not slaying debt anymore, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I'm like, who are you? And I went through this whole thing and I don't know if I adequately process that but I no longer have those feelings but I've had to sit with why I was feeling the way I was about helping other people particularly you know my mom and then all these other things like I probably ending my relationship with my car this year it's it's having more trouble ending
0: your relationship with the car absolutely (laughs) because
1: It is causing drama where there wasn't any. And I don't think I have room for that anymore. And so I have to save for another car. So again, I'm no longer diverting money to debt, but I still have things to pay for. I still have to contribute to my retirement so I can actually retire, right? And have enough to retire. Like the money keeps flowing somewhere. But really what it was, Bola, after I sat with those feelings... I was reminded, or well, I guess after I got over myself from being frustrated, like, oh, now here's this, I realized one, the privilege in not having debt, and that I have the ability to help. I'm able to help. So instead of being frustrated about the fact that, you know, well, this wasn't in my plan for my money after I became debt free, but it could be. Because I'm not stressed about it, I just have to move some money around. I just have to adjust my plan, but I couldn't imagine having this wanting to help my mom, one not being able to or trying to do it while also having this burden of debt hanging over my head, you know you were,
0: and you're able to help her without absolutely straightforward. There's no like, oh, but I have to pay for this debt and i and I'm absolutely
1: absolutely, and so it feels it still feels surreal. And it often, when I talk about it, I still get emotional about it because I carry that debt for most of my adult life, not mm-hmm. always six figures, but definitely too much for me to handle, right? It had gotten out of control. And now it just feels like it's hard to describe because I sleep really well at night. I sleep. And, and that's really what it boils down to. I, nothing, has, nothing has derailed. I can still help and I can still pay You know my regular bills. I can still save. Go I can see still, your I can baseball save. game. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I like the options that I have. I like being able to do things with my money without having to sacrifice something for myself. That's what I like.
0: Hey, everyone. Before we continue with this podcast episode, I'd love for you to check out the best-selling Clever Girl Finance book series. There are three books in the series, and the first book is Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. The second book is Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. And the third book is called The Side Hustle Guide, Build a Successful Side Hustle and Increase Your Income. You can also check out my fourth book called Choosing to Prosper, triumphing over adversity, breaking out of comfort zones, achieving your life and money dreams. And this book highlights my personal story to building a business of impact and challenges you as the reader to dig deep into laying out what you truly want to accomplish for yourself. I wrote each of these books to empower women just like you to achieve your goals and get to the point where you're living the life you desire on your own terms. If you love these books, be sure to tell your best girlfriends and they also make the perfect gift. These books are available everywhere books are sold and you can purchase them as ebooks, audiobooks and also physical books. And you can also ask your local library to order them as well. Thank you so much and let's get back to the episode.
1: Mm-hmm. And it still does feel surreal cuz it's like are they going to come back? And I, I got the payoff letter and everything that says I am no longer obligated to pay those loans. Like I got that paid in full letter, okay? <laughs> but even yeah. still, I'm like are they going to say sigh Mistake. like if I, Right. Am I being punked? Like where's Ashton Kutcher? You know, because it's still so new. It's still so new. It's an amazing feeling. And I'm just surprised that as talking to you about it today, that I'm not overcome with emotion because that's often what happens because it just doesn't feel like my life. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, it's even with the student loan forgiveness aside, I bust my tail paying off that debt. And of course this would be the outcome, right? I still struggle sometimes with seeing that.
0: I appreciate your response. Thank you for sharing that. And I asked that, I don't really ask people, I don't think I've ever asked anybody the podcast if they've had any, if they felt any kind of way or had regrets about the journey. I'm yeah. not sure if I have, but I asked you because I just wanted to hear your perspective because for me personally, sometimes achieving a milestone, a big milestone, you get yeah. there and it's like, oh, it's, it's not everything that I thought it was going to be. For example, you get to this debt payoff and it's like, Hey daughter, I need your help. And you're like, I thought I was going to keep my money, but I can't keep this money. I can't go to Greece. So it's not that tada, amazing, all your money is yours experience. You thought it was going to be, but at the same time, what is so incredibly important that you said is acknowledging the fact that you are here, the privilege that you are here is such a huge deal, right? Because even though it's not everything you thought it was going to be in that moment, it is something incredible and you are in this unique place that so many people want to be. I love that you said that because it also reminds me of something I've been t- I was told growing up about just complaining, right? Yeah. Uh, one of my pet peeves is complaining. I don't like when people complain to me. I don't like to catch myself complaining. Yeah. But when I was younger, I complained a lot. And you know, I would get told by my mom, listen, what you have now, somebody else is praying for it. It's Absolutely. not perfect, but this is somebody else praying for it. And one of my other friends said to me just in passing that, wow, this is somebody's prayer point. This thing yep. that you have that you're complaining about, somebody's on their knees right now saying, dear God give this to me. So just that acknowledgement that, okay, it may not be, you're settling into this new life. Life is still throwing curveballs at you. You're about to end the relationship with your car. This and that is happening. Fine. But guess what? You did it. You paid off this debt. This is so amazing. I just, I just wanted to get your perspective and I love the angle that you came from.
1: Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. No. And it's the crazy thing Bola is I was the one praying at one point. And that's just it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I touched on this a little bit when I said, when you're going through it, you don't really see it, mm-hmm. right? All I would do is tackle, you know, I would break my debts down into small chunks because I say, you know, the best way to eat an elephant is, you know, one bite at a time.
0: I don't know where I got that saying from, but that's what it, I, that's I say. Popular. It's, I think I, it's like, a if you Google it, it's a quote. I just, okay. Yeah. I knew um, I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's, um, maybe it's like not attributed cause it's very popular. Yeah. But that is the truth. It's a big giant cake. You got to mm-hmm. cut it little chunks at a time. Yep. elephant yep. cake.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And that was the only way that, you know, it was going to be manageable. But what I n- realized I, f- I didn't do, even though I would preach it, make sure you celebrate your wins, the big and the small ones. But I struggled with doing that, to be honest with you, mm. because after I knocked out a debt, I would try to do a little celebration. I'd go get me a little cupcake and maybe a little bottle of champagne from Costco or whatever and I'd celebrate and then I was on to the next day. It's not surprising just knowing how I just kept going and going and going. It's not surprising that I've kind of struggled to really see the what is it? The forest through the trees here like at the end where it's like look at all that has happened, look at where you are now and kind of not complain, because I don't want you to think I'm a complainer, but to really just say, you know, just not really know how to process. Like, wait, you mean I'm done? Like, you mean that's it, for, that's it for, for debt? Oh, wait a second. I don't know how I feel about this. So I am honored. I am blessed to be here because years ago I was on the other side. And honestly, I did not see a light at the end of the tunnel. So if that's not a testimony just to where you can keep going and don't give up because you're probably closer than what you thought. And again, I didn't know PSLF was going to happen for me.
0: Yeah. That was not. On the line that You had exactly. $211,000. Yep. You didn't pay that off. Yeah.
1: Yep. Absolutely. But it just so happened that this change took place or this temporary change took place and I was paying attention mm-hmm. because imagine had I not, we yeah. wouldn't be having this conversation.
0: <laughs> We'd be still talking about me tackling this two long <laughs> day. <laughs> But you didn't made $81,000 of progress though. So yeah, now nah, that's that's, that's true. a big win. So I just wanted to go back. A, you know, This is like my kind of go back a little bit before we kind of mm-hmm. wrap up, but we didn't talk about income or anything like that. You mentioned that budgeting and giving yourself room to just do things that were meaningful to you was, was part of what helped you stay motivated to get through the journey. But on the journey, I don't know if you mind sharing your income. Either way, it's fine. But I wanted to ask you just, were there other things that you were doing aside from relying on your core salary to be able to get through that $81,000 over the four or five-year period? Yeah, did you have yeah. a side hustle? Were you downsizing? What were some specific things that you were doing? Because I know that someone is listening and they're curious about that aspect of, okay, I know she budgeted I know she gave herself little room for like things yeah. that she enjoyed to stay motivated, but what did it look like?
1: Sure. So, And I typically don't uh, share my salary. And yeah, not because... Fine, yeah. No, but not because... <laughs> I don't have not because I have some issue in sharing it because I think it needs to be this secretive thing. The reason why, and I make six figures. I don't care. I don't mind saying that. But the and reason why that's
0: amazing. Why, a black woman making six figures. I am here a, for it. Right. That is something to be celebrated. I want it to see is. more of it. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you for telling us um, that. You're yes. welcome. Yes, yes, yes to no, to for six sure. Figures. Yes, the more figures. <laughs> I'm about that life. Yes, thank you. Yes.
1: But the reason why I don't is because what people tend to do, and I don't know if you've observed this in your own community and the people that you've spoken to, but what I found was happening was even if I didn't share my salary, and I'm specifically just talking about Instagram, you know, I'm debt free going to be, but I would share other things and people would. essentially size me up. They would essentially compare, oh, well, that's the reason why you're able to pay off this debt because you make six figures. Well, I don't bring home six figures. Like, let's just be honest. I didn't want people counting themselves out before they even tried. And so I noticed that around that community, around the personal finance debt-free community, that that's what people would do. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to keep sharing things like that because I don't want to discourage people. So that's generally why I don't. But to answer your question, six figures, but I also had a side hustle for probably the first two to three years of my debt payoff journey. Before I even started my debt payoff journey, I was already doing Instacart. I was an Instacart shopper going to my favorite grocery stores that I eventually knew inside and out, shopping for people's groceries and delivering them to them. And I was killing it. I can't remember how much I would bring home like every week, but I knew It was enough for Instacart just to solely help me make extra debt payments while using my full-time income to still like pay for my necessary expenses, the things I enjoy, retirement, all that stuff, helping people where I could, where I could still use the side hustle income to like help me get further ahead in my debt Mm payoff journey. And then that kind of started to like get slow. They wanted me to work way more than I was getting paid. Like they basically changed their pay structure. So I stopped. But at the time I was also still paying for a membership at a boutique cycling studio. So I said, you know what? They didn't have a for sale sign or anything. So for anybody who's looking for a way to make extra income, be creative and don't be afraid to ask if people need help because you never know. So I decided, said, I said, okay, this is probably an expense I don't need to pay. And it was like a hundred and like maybe 20 or $30 a month. And I said, let me talk to the owner and let me just see if she wouldn't mind someone to help at the front desk. I can do the Mm. social media because I was already doing social media for myself. I was like, I can do social media for you. I can help write your newsletter. I'm really good with graphics. And she said, you know what? I do need someone. So I ended up working at that cycle studio for a year doing social media, front desk management, greeting the, the people who came in, but I got to cycle for free in my off time. So that was a way that I cut that expense, but also had access to indoors, an indoor cycling studio and also got paid to do the work. And it was actually fun. I enjoyed interfacing with the customers. I enjoyed the creative aspect of it. It was laid back, a nice community at that place, but then COVID hit. This is good cuz I'm getting a little burned out. Let's just <laughs> let's just stay at home and I never went back, but I did start selling things around the house because most of us have items in our home that are just collecting dust, things we look at on a daily basis. like, oh, I'm going to eventually do that. Or I'm going to eventually use that. And we're not, that stuff used (laughs) to be money. So I started to, right. So I started to become, you know, I'm not a professional reseller. So I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like that because there are professional resellers out there, but I started selling things on Mercari. It's an app that allows you to sell stuff, but you Mm -hmm. ship it It's shipping only and Facebook marketplace. And I was making hundreds of dollars doing that. I got people, I got people on the Marikari, and they were making hundreds of dollars sending, making extra mortgage payments, making extra credit card payments. It was so fun. And then that kind of, that's still in the background because I'm sitting here literally looking at a pile of things I need to list (laughs) for sale on Facebook or on Mercari, but the business started to pick up too. That kind of took more of my time because I'm still working a full-time job at the same time. So those are the side hustles that I've had, but I mean, there's so many side hustle ideas and you don't have to get a side hustle. Definitely sitting down with your income and your expenses and working, doing that math to determine whether or not you do need extra money. You know, sometimes it's not just a matter of trimming or cutting unnecessary expenses, right? Or things that you can do without for the time that you're tackling your debt. Sometimes you do have to increase your income. And even if you don't have to, it's a good idea to so that you can kind of speed things along, which is essentially what I did.
0: Yeah, yeah thanks for sharing that yeah i mean on your journey right you decide the pace to an extent, right? Absolutely. Uh, especially if you are you have a, a good income, you may decide, you know what, my income is helping me cover my payments and some extra payments when I cut back here and there. But you know what? I want to make some extra money to accelerate. Maybe it's a side hustle. Maybe it's a part-time job. Maybe it's a temporary clear out of your kitchen and your closets to get some cash and just slap a huge huge chunk on your debt. Or maybe it's, like you said, getting the extra income just to really help you stand on your feet as you navigate a difficult financial situation. But it can be helpful to, to think that way. And I just wanted to say a comment about the people sizing you up based on your income, <laughs> getting discouraged or I don't know shutting you down, whatever. People are going to size you up regardless. Whether That's you, you right. share your income, you don't share your income. And even when you don't share, when you put yourself on a, a public stage and you're sharing a success story, a progress story, the people who do not want to get past themselves are going to make up stuff as reasons why you're different, you're special, you're lucky. I've heard things about myself that I didn't know. Mm. (laughs) I did not know about me, but I heard about it because that was a reason someone created as to Why I was able to do something and and they can, and that's okay, right? For sure. I think a lot of times that is a limiting belief. Oh wow, Nika makes six figures, so she paid off her debt in four years. I can never do it. You might make five figures, maybe a low income earner. Your debt payment plan might be ten years, not five years. But guess what? You can be motivated by what Nika is doing because she's budgeting, she's cutting back, she's side hustling, she's sharing what she's doing, she's giving tips. Or you can say, oh no, she's just lucky. You know, there's that black girl that makes six figures that lives Mm -hmm. in D.C. that can go. Out to baseball games that can never be me. It's your choice, right? And we all struggle with limited mindsets. I have listened. There's podcast episodes on here. There's blog posts on Clever Girl Finance. I've been there, but we need to get past ourselves, right? It is human nature to size up other people based on what they're doing, how much they're making, what they have. But the important thing is, what can I learn from this person's journey? Not everything is going to be relevant, right? I yep. may not be able to relate to certain things that you have said, but there are certain things that you can take away, whatever else you can't take away, put it to the side, move on to the next story that absolutely. can inspire, that can motivate you. So people are always going to size you up. It's okay. Girl, yeah. keep doing you. Do I will. What you do. <laughs> I will. I will. I just never,
1: you know, and you know, but you're absolutely right. I just never, I just know how sensitive money is for people. It is, sens- right? it is It's sensitive. such an emotional thing. And I just, I didn't want to offend, but you're right. I could do everything right One, you can't please everybody,
0: but you're right. People are going to not have the mindset of, you don't want to offend. You just have the mindset of you're going to be who you are yeah, and you're going to do what you came here to do. And you're going to walk in your purpose and share what it is that you want to share to be of help and of support and of motivation to other people. People are going to be annoyed with you because girl, you were pink. Okay, <laughs> I don't like pink. I don't like that lipstick. I don't like the fact that uh, people get annoyed because I laugh on podcasts. I, I've been laughing throughout this whole what? podcast. We're talking yeah, about debt payoff. It's not funny, right? But? Right. if you can't laugh about situations, yeah, this is going to be a depressing podcast. Can I- I'm going to be like, Nika, wow. No, you, this would be such a depressing, sad, miserable part. You would not want to tune in at okay? all,
1: <laughs> but I'm glad you said that. Just, just a quick aside, I recorded a segment on creating a budget for a recession for another personal finance brand and it's on YouTube and I made the mistake and I looked at the comments <laughs> and someone said, just what you just said, someone said, I sounded too happy talking about. Budgeting for a recession. And so because I was energetic is what it was. They lost the The message was lost about creating a budget for a recession. And I said, and I'm thinking to myself, so I'm supposed to sound depressing. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: You know, just don't read the comments. I I have a video on YouTube. It's an old video about how I saved hundred thousand dollars. And one yeah. of the comments there, were, there were tons of really hateful comments. One of the comments was like, "You don't even look at your worth ten dollars." <laughs> wow! And someone, wow! Someone else said, "You look too tired to even have a hundred thousand no dollars. Girl, go, go get a facial or something like that." Oh so, my god. You, know, you know, you know. What you have to realize is, it's them. It's not you. You don't know them. They don't know you. They're internalizing whatever is the block that they're facing. This has nothing to do with you and everything to do with what's going on in their heads and in their hearts. And it's okay because at the end of the day, we all struggle with limited mindsets. We have to get to a point where we either choose to find ways to get past it and make progress. Right. Yeah. You could have said, you know, wow, $211,000. What loan forgiveness is a scam. You know what? YOLO life is meant to be this. We're meant to be in debt. Nobody my family has paid this off. I'm just going to keep making up the minimum payments. And that's mm-hmm. it. And we would never be having mm-hmm. this conversation. Right. Yep. And you would just embrace that mindset of, It is what it is, but you chose not to. And we all have to get to that realization. And sometimes it just happens at different stages for different people. Some people never get there. And some people allow those blocks to just really manifest in a hateful way. At the end of the day, it's not your problem because guess what? You have paid off your $211,000. You are debt-free. You are going to (laughs) continue to share your story and motivate other people. And you're going to go ahead and go to Greece and live your best life. Yes. Okay. Yes. And they can be mad that you are happy and that's okay.
1: (laughs) You're absolutely right. You're going to make me cry. (laughs)
0: don't take it personal. And it's, it's just life. You We cannot please everybody. Some people are, are not just, you know, some people may be having a bad day. They're going to hate yeah. what you have to say. They're going to hate the way you smile. They're going to hate the way you look. They're going to hate that. I don't know. It, it, it's just all kinds of things. was yeah. not your problem.
1: Yeah. No. And thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for pouring into me like that. I appreciate it.
0: So I wanted you to just share words of motivation to someone who is at the beginning of their journey, right? They're just getting mm-hmm. started. They don't mm-hmm. know what they don't mm-hmm. know yet, but it just seems like, wow, this is a lot, but I want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. What words of motivation would you give that person listening to listening to this right now?
1: Just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all the answers today. They will come to you as you continue to go. And the reason why I say to just start is because we will overthink We will think that everything has to be perfect when life itself is not. We will paralyze ourselves waiting for the right time, waiting to have all the information, waiting for the moon and the star to your left in the sky line. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out, but we wait for this alignment and time is passing us by. And the more time that passes by, the more money you lose in interest, the more this debt continues to grow, the more you're not able to live the life you want. Just start. Start, list your debts, create a budget, work your plan, go at your own pace. And something else, bullet, I didn't mention, I took breaks on this journey. Don't be afraid to do that because, again, I'm a single person tackling a mountain of debt. I had to take care of my mental health. So when I was feeling overwhelmed, when I was feeling burned out, I had to pause. I had to take a rest because if I wasn't at my best, that journey wasn't going to exist. Don't wait, just start. Start with your smallest debt, start with your debt, with the highest interest rate, whatever you choose to do, just start. And then keep tackling that until it's done and then move on to the next one.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That is really good advice. Really, you just have to get started. That's the only way forward to start. And it might be difficult, might be tough, but you just have to just start. Just take that first step. Nika, I asked everybody who comes on the podcast to share their clever girl superpowers. So, <laughs> can I have two? <laughs> yes, you can, and you can okay. change it when you feel like it. We're, okay. We're powerful at different on different ways on different days. It's okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely right. Um, so I think that because we're talking about the community that is debt-free going to be and this journey that I've been on. I think one of my superpowers, one of the two superpowers I think I definitely have is the ability to create a safe space for people who have debt to let go of the shame and guilt that they have around it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My space is non-judgmental And it's not to say that everybody can't create that, but we know that everybody doesn't create that. That's one. And I think the other is for some reason I'm able to take law or like really complicated terms and policy and break it down so that more people can understand it Mm -hmm. during this whole sprint of keeping track of what's going on with student loan forgiveness and the changes that are going on with student loans. You know, I'm essentially just reading articles or reading fact sheets and things that the Department of Education puts out. And I'm basically you know, translating it so that more people can understand okay, it. Yeah. But it's the same information that's available to everyone. And for some reason, people are like, oh, I love the way that you break things down. It's easy to understand. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I got something special <laughs> going on here. Okay. So that's definitely my other superpower. And of course, we have more, but I think those are the two things that people find relatable that draw people to my community and keep them encouraged and keep them informed. I think those are my two superpowers.
0: I love it. Thank you for sharing. And those are great superpowers. Thank you. And then my last question is just tell people about your community. Where can we find you, your website? People want to learn more about just you and the story you just shared or track your journey going forward. Where can folks find you?
1: On Instagram at Be, I do have a blog. It's just not up to date and you won't find everything. You know, like I put more about me on Instagram and things that I'm doing, especially in my stories. But you can, you can also read up on some of my blog posts, including my journey with my student loans at com.
0: Awesome. And we're definitely going to have those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Nika. And again, congratulations on getting to this place, right? Thank you Uh, for being debt-free, huge game changer. This is definitely going to motivate other people. And I appreciate you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.